All right, we're back with uh, Ramos and them. Today I got Chris Towers uh, up? in the building from CBS, man. And this is like my boy from, from yeah, way is, back. This is an upgrade over uh, when we used to do the uh, was it Panther, Panther Sports Talk Live and the little 5x5 five five FIU radio station. Yeah, Student, yeah, yeah. We uh, did radio. the college radio thing back in the day, man. Back in the day, I was, I, I was, I was talking my shit on college radio, <laughs> on college radio. But now we kind of upgraded the situation. But you have become this famous person now. No. So now having you no. come back and do little guys like us, a like favor. the 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 most minor version of fame possible. Hey, listen, man. You got the Twitter check. I got the blue check mark. Yeah. You got yeah. the blue check mark. You're certified. So you come and help out little guys like us, <laughs> and. uh you know, we, we get to moving into what we got to move on. So, man, let's talk hoops, man. Um, yeah. Draft just passed, and obviously the big story of the draft is the Philadelphia 76ers, right? Like they Always. Always, right? It's, 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 it's a good place to be. But they have moved up. They took Markel Fultz. Great. Whether you like the pick or not, I, I'm kind of okay with it because of where they are. Um, you know, so they walked out of there with him. The process is still actually not over. They still have a 2018 pick from the Lakers. If not, they get the 2019 Kings pick. So they still have and an abundance of seconds. So it, it's technically still going on. They but walk- this is but this is it. Like this is what it was building towards. This was like right. You've got now two number one picks in a row. You've got Joel Embiid who looked like this was. Maybe it's not completely over, but we're at like the 90 percent. Like this is what yeah the we are we are we are. They have like they they have. Uh, Cormaz coming from Europe this year, most likely. Uh, yeah, yeah. He was a late first. So they have a couple, and that's why I think... Furkan, I believe. Yeah, Furkan, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then they just drafted a guy who I'm not going to even try to say his name. <laughs> but the, but the, you know what? They have a couple late firsts uh, that, you know, I'm not going to say it's insurance for a talent like Joel Embiid, but, I mean, they, they've had so many picks that they have the luxury of two first-round picks backing him up yeah. at center, not to mention Jalil Okafor, who they're going to have to move. But, um... But, you know, this is where we are. Process, damn near complete. And, um, you know me. You know, I mean, I, I think... You're Sam, all about the process. I think You're Sam, all I think Sam, Hink- Sam Hinkie is, is a revolutionary. I think he's a fantastic GM. The criticism that he gets sometimes, I think, are criticisms that, that, that aren't put into context, like missing on a pick or this and that. So, um, Well, the one thing... The, I'm... I'm kind of hinky agnostic, I guess. And and what I I like a lot of things about Sam Hinky. I like I like the fact that he he acknowledges or acknowledged. He's not currently doing anything. He's currently I don't know, blogging or tweeting. But uh you know, when he's doing this job, he he acknowledges his own inability to say with 100% certainty, I know what's going to happen in the draft. A lot of guys say this was the best guy in the this was the best player in the draft and that's why we went out and got him. And he says, I don't know. I think this is the best guy in the draft. I like Joel Embiid, but he acknowledges the uncertainty in the draft. And that's one thing that I really like about him and the way he went about the process. It wasn't you know, I know Markel Fultz is the best guy in the draft. His his process was we just can't know. And I want as many shots as I can. And now you look at what he he put together. Basically, through all of his work, you've got two number one picks, and Joel Embiid was clearly the best player in that draft. Yes. The reason he fell to number three, as we've seen, the very well-founded injury concerns. But, th- and that's the thing about him, as uh, he's not the one who created, 
the the cult that you that you criticize because if you read his exit letter, I mean he's real humble. Like he doesn't say like I'm the best. He he just says I, I'm I'm trying to do something because I, I realize that I don't know anything. And the, my my issue is when people criticize him for oh this pick didn't work out. Over a long period of time, the the data shows that nobody knows how to draft better than anybody or, for a long period of time. Or if you do, you're talking slight edges. You're talking well, yeah, except for that run that OKC had last decade. Like it, it's just it's just not sustain. And then since then, they haven't gotten like it's just not sustainable. A- every single NBA front office has a bunch of guys who have been who work are working hard at it, who are professionals in their field. There's not, not to a, mention a lot of them have been rehashed and rehired from other there's not somebody out there who's better at scouting talent, like who's gonna give you this crazy edge. Yeah, there in are, anybody's front office. You can find small edges. You can find you know, in in baseball, I think there are better examples of this, but Bill, well, Billy yeah, Bean is like the, the example of a guy who identified inefficiencies in a mark in a marketplace and said, you know, we have Guys who who look like baseball players who are chiseled athletes, they're probably overvalued. Guys who are kind of chubby, kind of slow, but the the numbers tell you that they're still pretty good. Those guys are undervalued. There's not as much of well, that. Yeah, but in the, the difference NBA. is baseball has sixty some rounds, right? Like yes, yeah. and, and the and NBA, just, everybody knows who this hundred guys on the board. Right. Are. There, there's not as many opportunities to find inefficiencies in the NBA because there's only five guys on the floor. You kind of know who the good guys are. They're, they're, the inefficiencies in the NBA were like free throw shooting, three point shooting, and that stuff's all been figured out now. Everybody's pretty much working with the same information. Yeah, yeah, and so the thing, so the thing with that is, it's it's just what he's done is just put himself in position to give himself as many chances as he can. He inherited a team that was okay, that was yep. getting blown out in the first round by LeBron's Miami Heat. Yeah. Um, and well, he turned them into this. He put he put Brian Colangelo in a in a position to to build a contender now, and that's that's one thing that like I come back to is like I don't think Brian Colangelo is he's just a guy. I, he's a guy, yeah. And he's I, just a guy. And most GMs in that league, to be fair, even though we criti- even though I, I've been critical of of GMs, at the end of the day, most of them are, are pretty much they pretty much the same. There's there's a baseline level of competence that most yeah. people hit, and I think Brian Colangelo is probably there. He. You know, gave Andre but everybody's Barnani everybody's a kind of just the same though, right? Yeah. Like everybody's kind of the same. Everybody, like and the it, one it, thing, it, yeah. the one thing with the the process, like the the cult of Sam Hinkie. The thing that bothered me was when it, when we talk about him, like he's uh, like he's groundbreaking. Other people have lost games on purpose. Other, In like, the NBA, Chris Grant, who is for a good reason considered to be a pretty bad GM when he was with the Cavaliers. He got the pick that became Kyrie Irving when he swapped Mo Williams for Baron Davis, right? Which is the, the kind of move that mm. we go crazy over. No, 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 with. no. And I, Chris Grant left the team in better position, but but he and he but he wanted to sign Gordon Hayward. Like it's different than Sam Hinkie. Mm-hmm. Like I think no, that no, yeah. like the Lakers, for example, when they amassed D'Angelo Russell, Jordan yeah. Clarkson, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, that's a, a huge. That's by mistake. I think the yeah, difference they, with Hinky, yeah. the difference with Hinky and from Grant and these these guys are tr- like Phil now, they're trying to win and 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 they just lose because they just stink. Yeah, Hinky, it, it was actually a plan that has come to fruition. He kind of called it how he saw it, and I think he's the first guy to actually do that and have it and work itself. I out. think the big difference was he had buy-in from the ownership. He had this ownership group that came. And they from, fired him right when it's. 
Right, and that that was the that that's what separated Sam Hinkie right until it didn't. He convinced his ownership group to be okay with losing a lot of games, becoming a punchline. He he convinced them to bite that bullet, and it worked right until it didn't. The that cave. that was what that was what really separated Sam Hinkie. But it was also like he was still subject to the same thing in the end that everybody is. And then you know I think Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta. He's someone who would be willing to do that if he felt it was necessary. But it's really hard to get your ownership group to 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 acknowledge that losing 60 games. No, that's year, why it's it's hard for me to criticize GMs and owners because most of them if I say this owner's bad, I mean that means they're all bad because they're all very narrow in their thinking as far, and whether it's right or wrong, I'm not saying it's bad business, but they're all extremely narrow. It's extre- it's all about the moment. And if they can go and sign, somebody's going to give Paul Millsap some money this year so yeah. they get better by three games. And it's, it's, all, it's all narrow, extremely narrow thinking. And, yeah, I mean, ownership, the pressure from ownership. Like, is, is like you look starts. at like Larry Bird in, in Indiana. He's not, the, he's not running things anymore. But, you know, he's said a thousand times, we can't tank. Like, it's just my owner won't let me. I have to be as competitive as possible in the short term while keeping in mind long-term goals. You can't just throw everything out the window, but you know, some teams just can't afford to do what the 76ers did and that's you know, it turns out the 76ers couldn't afford to do it for that long. And so that's that's where the process runs into reality. I think it was different from what you see in the NBA, but the business reality still caught up to it and that's that that kind of does stink. It stinks that Sam Hankey didn't get a chance to uh, to finish it off because I don't think he failed. Obviously, I mean, he, he what could, his goal, how could could you could somebody even argue that he failed? Well, it depends. They can say they don't like the plan, but the plan right, he can he fail he failed by other people's goals and succeeded on his own. His goals were to amass as much talent and as many assets as possible, but. You know, you can, I guess, criticize other people for being narrow-minded and saying that winning games in the short term isn't necessarily the most valuable thing. But everybody has their own goals. And and I guess that's one thing that, like, when we talk about Sam Hinkie as this unparalleled genius, we don't know how good he is at building a team. Like, the asset acquisition part is pretty easy. The Cavaliers got a first-round pick for John Luer. You know, like, they're... It's pretty easy when your goal, when you know other teams want to get good right now, it's pretty easy to take a useful player. If the if the 76ers had traded Robert Covington, they probably could have gotten a first round pick for him. As long as their goal was to just But how hard it is it how hard is it to build a team when you already have what they have now? Right, if Joel Embiid's what he looked like last year and stays healthy, it's pretty easy to build a team. Although you look at New Orleans, it's not that easy to build a team around a generational superstar. Like teams. Well, still no, fail. but that's because they they unfortunately like they they when they paid Ryan Anderson and they got Drew Holiday, they said we're not going to be bad enough to get AD another top three yeah. pick, and then that's just really short sighted. That's what the Magic did to Dwight when they signed Rashard Lewis, and which which Dwight ended up being so fantastic that on Rashard's decline, actually Rashard was still good. Yeah. They got to a finals, and that's that's fine. It, it, it's not. I, I can't say it's wrong. But that's that's what when you when you when you you put AD in a situation where in yeah. his early twenties and late teens, you you improve you, them in the short term and he'll never get a top three pick again. And then 
I think one thing that teams often miss, and this is something that I think we're going to have to keep in mind with Minnesota getting Jimmy Butler, with Carl Anthony Towns, or Philadelphia over the next couple of years, Philadelphia is probably still going to be pretty bad. Because young players usually don't help teams win. Brian as Colangelo good as my, they are. Brian Colangelo, my Spurs, though. And I don't hate the idea of going out and getting Kyle Lowry. On a short-term deal. Like, if you can get Kyle Lowry for three years with a, a team option on the end, I think that would make sense. Because now you're, you're putting your team in a situation where Joel Embiid's not, probably not ready to carry a team to 45 wins right now. Ben Simmons, we don't even know. If and they get Kyle Lowry, that's a home-court team in the first round. Right? Probably. And, and I, I think there's, there's some value in that. But there would be people who would say, well, that's short-sighted. Kyle no, 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 no. But that's, now that's different. I wouldn't call that short-sighted because they already have the pieces now. Yeah. So now it's all about that. Now it's all about Markel and Ben. And now it's about winning habits. And now it's about creating yeah. that. And please believe Brett Brown is, is somebody Great who— coach. Yeah, so he's a very respected coach who, 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 who can get guys to play. So, but your, my, your issue has been, has been what about the process? Like, what, what has it been? Oh, I don't. I think the process is fundamentally sound on its own. My, my thing is when we talk about, I can't believe people criticize Sam Hankey. Different people value different things. Some people just think. Some people view sports one way and say, if you're not on a path to a championship, that should be the only thing you worry about. And that's not the way it's going to happen. Even if every single team, all 30 NBA teams, all 30 MLB teams, 32 NFL teams, if you could clone Bill Belichick 32 times, you would still have a handful of teams that win 12 games and a handful of teams that win four games. Just, that's just the way it works. Not every team, there's a, there's a fixed number of games. And so when we talk about, like, Sam Hinkie got buy-in from his ownership and was able to execute this plan. Not every team can do that, and we criticize some teams for not doing what Sam Hinkie did. And I just think that's unfair because there are different, there are different motivations with every team. And so well, I mean, Sam Hinkie became, it became almost like a, it, there was like virtue signaling, where the way you view the world, Sam Hinkie becomes a conduit by which you can say these are the things I value in sports and you either like or hate Sam Hinkie regardless of what he did it became he became symbolic of some of a larger uh he became symbolic of a larger divide in sports this philosophical debate and I just think what they did worked for that franchise at that moment it wouldn't make sense for every franchise. Because you look at the NBA right now. Realistically, nobody's going to beat the Warriors over the next two or three years. Some, like, something would really, really have to go wrong for the Warriors to lose. Like they just, Even if Kevin Durant blew out his ACL, I'd still be like, yeah, the Warriors are probably going to win the West next year. Just, like, they're, just, they're just too good. They just, And I don't think it's necessarily them being brilliant. I think they got really lucky a lot. Like, basically, like everything went right at every step of the way for them. Well, I mean, the GM they have now is not the them. guy who drafted these guys and stuff, so... Right, and and kudos to them. Like, you... Because they also took advantage of opportunities when they saw them. They did, and, and everybody has to get lucky, so a Draymond Green pick, yeah. that happens once in a while. That's not that's, not... that's not wizardry. That's not, like, super smart front office. That's just... You got lucky. And, you got but Draymond. If if everybody viewed the world the way... Like, the the really diehard process truthers view it 
shouldn't every team just trade everyone to the no, Warriors? Because you're not going to win. Though, but I, I believe that a process truther doesn't really think like that. A process truther is is somebody who evaluates and and does like if everybody was trying to do that, mm-hmm. then I would I think a process truther would do the opposite and actually buy in because of the market. I think a process right. truther is just somebody who goes off of probability. I think it's not it's not people that are committed to losing and. And all the straw men that come from mm-hmm. that are yeah. losing on purpose and all this and no no pride and da 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 No, if everybody was trying to be Hinky, I have a really I, I have good conviction that Sam Hinky would do the opposite and buy all in. Because the probability would be, oh, I, I might actually be the fourth or fifth best team in the league yeah. in one summer if everybody was trying to do this. But I think he's doing this because nobody right. else. Right. I think there's I think there's maybe a, a misunderstanding of what and it's not really like Sam Hinky's just kind of Doing what Daryl Morey's done forever. Can I? I want to address a couple straw men sure. about this too, because there's a couple straw men that come your way when you do this. Number one, you're not a real fan. You're not a real fan. You're not a real fan. Okay. Sure. What? I'm, I mean, not, I'm not saying anything is wrong with a fan who wants to win. I don't. I'm yeah. not saying anything is wrong with a casual fan or even an intense fan who wants to win. But what I'm saying is, I think I'm an even better fan of my team because I want the team that have a process that's even better for their future i i think just logically speaking on probability that doesn't mean i'm going to trash another fan but people who who like the process get trashed as far as oh you're not a real you know what type of fan is this that's number one for me like you know i'm not a i'm not really a fan i don't really yeah no me neither i don't root for like i I root for the Marlins because I'm a, a masochist and I don't think I deserve good things. And that's like really the only sports team that I root for at this point. And uh, so like the the sports fan, like, you know, prick measuring contest of like, I'm a better, I I, I don't care. Like, no, I don't, I don't everybody, care either. Everybody but can just... root for whatever they want. And if, if you want to root for a, a spunky seven seed to, to maybe knock off the two seed <laughs> one time in the playoffs, like, like what the Heat did last year. There's a lot of debate within Heat fan circles about should they have tanked, and in the long run, of course, yeah, maybe of they, course should they should have. have. Yeah. But as someone who's, I'm not a Heat fan, but I, I would say I, you know, I grew up a Heat fan for sure, and I've just kind of lost that over the years. That was fun. All right, like, but that look, was okay. So, so, so that's much so fun. that's the other thing. I do not have a problem with anybody who was rooting for the Miami Heat the second half of this season. I'm still going to point out that it was not very logical for that front office to pursue things that way. That does not mean that people are bad. That does not mean that people are wrong because maybe you just enjoy your sports a certain and, way. And but, that, but let's save the straw man well, the thing with the of heat, you're a bad fan thing. The thing with the Heat, and it's the same thing that the, Matt, the, the, the Knicks have right now. Phil Jackson's 71 years old. Pat Riley's right, in his right. late 60s. You're going somewhere Pat, now. Pat Riley's not going to rebuild. You're going like, somewhere Pat, right Pat Riley's now. Not, Pat Riley doesn't care about a five-year plan. And there's a lot of owners who are like that. The, the, I actually hear through the grapevine that Pat's, Pat's will be here for a little while more. Well, that's, but, I mean, that, I'm, he'll be here for a while. He but could like, be here another five years, and that's He could be, but... Like, that's like, what I hear. I mean, I'm not saying point, that I'm not source guy, but I... I've, at I've, this I've, point in his career, though... Like Pat he's Riley's not had, rebuilding, and he's he never too, he never has much once success. rebuilt yeah. though. I mean, he he that's just his style, mm-hmm. and that style is is quite inefficient. It has worked for the Miami Heat, and if you're a fan of it, you need fine. to be you need to be exceptional. You need to believe that the Miami Heat and Pat Riley are exceptional to believe that rebuilding 
that not to avoid rebuilding is the right way. Right, because they're basically they they've shut themselves off to basically on the avenue is free agency. Yeah, and because they have eight first, they have picked eight times in the first round in the last seventeen years. Uh, I'm not seventeen. I'm sorry, fourteen years, and they don't have two firsts in the next four drafts. But yeah. anyway, so so the the straw man thing is also the number two. Now, another thing we hear is, oh, how 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 could you tell players to lose on purpose? That has nothing to yeah, do no, with that's, anything. That's, that's that's always been BS. But no, but I'm saying that if I'm a general people, let's 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 separate the two things and have some nuance about this. If I'm a general manager, my thought process is different than if I was a head coach. If I was a head coach, of course I'm trying to win every single game. Mm-hmm. If I'm a player, of course I'm trying to earn my money. I'm I'm trying to earn my value. As a general manager, my concern might not be the yeah. game on February it's, 18th when I'm 10 games it's out what, of the It's what the Dallas Mavericks talked about last year. Mark Cuban admitted. We weren't trying to win games. And they've been a very inefficient organization for yeah. a long time, too. And, and th- when they, I say inefficiency, I can't necessarily say bad because most teams are kind of the same. I mean, most teams are kind of the same as how the Heat do things. They'll go for it. Yeah. And I criticize it because I think it's not efficient. And in the market that, that we have now, going the hinky route because so few people do it, I think it is the best route to long-term success. But just a straw man like that, I think I'm more competitive. I think... People, I think I'm even more competitive than the GM that's going for it now because I'm trying to put my team in the best. The reason why I'm doing the process is not to lose on purpose. So there's a lot of things, and a lot of things, maybe people identify with, there's a certain way people look at things where it's personal. But see, I also, isn't, isn't the, the, the Pat Riley route, isn't that like way more zen, right? Like, the past doesn't matter. The future doesn't matter. You just live in the moment. You're just trying to trying to make yourself the best. I'm not being serious. It's kind of a joke, but like, <laughs> there, you always have to take into account like, you could you could die tomorrow, and all your plan like the best the but your the, team will still have the the assets. best laid plans. Your of, team will still have those assets though. Yeah. Like Sam Hinkie died on a cross. <laughs> for, <laughs> he died, but the the Sixers Brian Colangelo is living, man. Like this dude is about to get a lot of credit for nothing. Oh yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, he's just, uh, look. I don't think he's bad. I think he's just at, like everybody else. He's yeah. gonna come in there and he's gonna do the same thing everybody else does: give out contracts to guys like Timofey Mozgov and get do deals like the Goran Dragic trade and sign Dwayne Wade at his age and Max Vetter. Like people are gonna keep doing what they want to do because if they can improve by three wins, they'll just do it regardless of the the long term implications. So I'm gonna. I'm just. I, I and my tone on Twitter might be, I mean, you, you, it might be strident. Yeah, you're, no, you're you're a, you, you've got a you've got a you've got a a shtick. I got a shtick, man. You've got to, and, and we all do. We, the, you know, every everybody who's who's even people who aren't doing it professionally, like you put on a. Everybody puts on a persona. We're all wearing masks, and uh, you know, sometimes your your mask is, you know. Sam Hankey's the only good GM ever. No, nah, but, I'm, 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 but I'm here to clear the air. I'm, I'm going to have more nuance about this. Mm-hmm. The Sam Hankey way, in my opinion, is the most efficient way in the current marketplace. That does not mean that it's the only way. I just think that there are several avenues that you can use. Free agency. Mm-hmm. And free agency is usually, usually the least efficient. It's, it's usually, yeah, the draft and the development league, which is probably uh, low. It, it's a good way to maybe find a but guy here and there. But that's 
That's a potential, potentially, like, but right real now, difference maker. But right like, now, if we're looking for the next version of it, the Gatorade developmental. No, but game. you're still, but you're still probably not gonna get your stars there. But but if sure, you sure. if you if you got hired right now by a team and the owner said, "Man, I don't care what you do," and you gave you the complete green light, you would do the process, right? It depends on what my team looks like. It depends on what I've got. If I've got the but most likely you don't have somebody got, that can beat the, the top only, two or three teams. Then. Right. If, the if only, you're in the East, you can't beat Cleveland. If you're in the West, you can't beat. If State, I'm the 76ers right? and I, I I'm in the situation Sam Hinkie was, where my best players were a 24 year old Thaddeus Young, a 23 year old Drew Holiday, both of them on non rookie deals at that point. Yeah, it, it, I'm probably doing that. But I think you can like, you know, Boston's kind of the hot topic right now. Their, their their unwillingness to go for it right now. And I get the idea that you want to keep a window open as long as you can. And the way Boston's approaching things right now, where they've got, you know, you look at the last three drafts, Marcus Smart at number six or seven, Jalen Brown at number three, uh, Jason Tatum at number three, and then they've got Brooklyn's pick next year and either the Lakers they pick next year. They might still trade Jason Tatum. Or sec- uh, yeah, but right now where they are. I remember Andrew Wiggins was a Cavalier for a little bit. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. But nobody ever. LeBron. LeBron well, didn't I, mention I, him. I, the, the thing LeBron about, didn't mention him in the letter. We have can, to see if Gordon Hayward signs with the Celtics. Is he going to mention me, Jason what Tatum? What bothers me his... about the criticism of the Boston Celtics, yeah. it's fair to say you should have got Jimmy Butler, but what bothers me is that people – all of a sudden, having all these picks, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's bad for it. For not like if he doesn't trade one of them and uses every single one, he still did a fantastic job. Well, my my, I guess my thing is when when we talk about probability, draft picks are all low probability. The higher you take them, though, the higher sure, probability. Sure, but even are. even the number one pick, what what's the probability Markel Fultz is like a oh, legitimate it's low, it's low, it's low. star? It's low. 35%, 40%. He's probably, it's like 70%. But that's a hell of a, that, but that's the best, besides overpaying on the open right. market, that but is the best chance. You know who is a star? Like 100%. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Like is a 100% a top 10 player right now. So I would rather, and, and look, reasonable people can disagree. But my thing is always, what are the chances Marco Fult or Jason Tatum is better? But my than but Jimmy my Butler? but my issue is even if Ainge doesn't do that, like he's everybody's like laughing at him right now and making yeah. these Ainge jokes. Even if he doesn't do those deals, like he didn't do wrong by keeping the pick. He has sure. them in the first place. So I think we forget that he has them in the first place. Yeah. Even if he uses them and if he hits on one of these guys, I'm not saying that if Jason Tatum or or part of it for me is I. I think Jalen Brown's Jeff Green. I'm not super. I like him a little more than that. But <sighs> that's fine. That's fine. That's projection. I mean, that's projection. It's a, it's a bit of an aesthetic thing. They're both like straight line athletes who don't have a lot of fluidity. They're stiff in their hips. So like for me, it's just kind of I can't I can't get away from the aesthetic criticism as well. And I, I realize it's not. But part of my my thing with Boston, and I'll admit, uh, we were talking about sticks and putting on masks. Part of it is just I'm not a Celtics fan. So I can acknowledge that I want the Celtics to just be as good as possible right now because I want the league to be more entertaining. And the Boston Celtics going out and getting Jimmy Butler and going out and trading for DeMarcus Cousins last February, those are two things that would have made the NBA a more entertaining product. And that's my concern. And I'll admit, like, Boston okay, well, Celtics fans... Now like, we're getting somewhere. That's and then, fine. like... And, 
Everybody, I, but everybody has their. That's fine, but for I, but I like I, Celtics fans. I, I think I'm being reasonable when I'm saying. Sure. Would I have done the Jimmy Butler trade? Sure. Right. If he doesn't do the Jimmy Butler trade, he still has the picks. Sure. It doesn't you, mean he's... You reach a point where just the price he, is so low on a Jimmy Butler or DeMarcus Cousins, and those are the two that really stuck out to me that were just like... You, you didn't oh, have no, to... No. You wouldn't that, have had to give up anything. When you look at some of the other trades that have happened, the Heat gave up two first-round picks right. for Goran Dragic at 29, who's right. not even an all-star. The, the, so, I mean, the, the, the Celtics price should is, not have done that. No, 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 but the price for some of these guys... Right, like, and, the and that's Celt- why I'm not saying they need to trade for everyone. The trade no, that's for, fair. A, a trade for Paul George might be too much. I think Jimmy Butler is just a better player than no, Paul George. No, that's fair. Listen, that's fair to say, but let's not go overboard to right. the point where because he's still right. Ha- but he's a East, he's an Eastern. He's a, has a team that is in the Eastern Conference Finals with all these picks. Even if he doesn't bundle them in a trade, he still has put his team in the best. Yeah. Who would you rather be in the entire league right now, besides the Golden State Warriors, Cleveland? I'd rather be Cleveland. Like I know, I know things could get really ugly in three years in Cleveland. But Besi- an, an okay, astro- besides an the top two teams in the months, league, besides know? the top two teams in the league, besides the Cavaliers and the Warriors, who is the team? Maybe the Timberwolves. That's right? the one. That, okay, so Celtic- maybe the Seventy Sixers. Okay, so so Celtics are top five teams you would want in the league right now. Probably. So other twenty five fan bases in the league get. Get get out of here criticizing Danny Hanks. Not that right, you can't criticize right. him, but you know but, you wish you but, know you wish you had that situation. But if you weren't the Warriors, Cavs, Timberwolves, or Sixers in the marketplace of our current sports uh, discussion, you know what gets you a lot of retweets? Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge jokes. No, of course, no. The currency and of retweets. So I'm, and, and, and so I'm going to get these jokes off. The retweets, you know, I'm going to get these jokes off. The statue of the retweets. Listen, man, I understand that market. You're in that market. You've snatched quite a few. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying time. to get these faves. I'm trying but to get those be, little red hearts. But let's be honest. When a Heat fan oh, I or when a Knicks fan, is cri- a Chicago Bulls fan, is criticizing the right. Celtics, you wish you had their situation. Right. You are envious of that Absolutely. situation. I would rather they are be, in a better situation than you. I would rather be the Celtics than, than the Heat. Period. Oh, that's not even close. And that I, I like the Heat's future. Like, Why? They're not going to win a championship. But you know what? No, well, here's my thing. Like, here's my you're thing. not going to win a championship. Here's my thing. Like, no, he, listen, here's my thing. The, I, the, the, Heat, the Heat are a, a respectable organization, stable owner, good coach. They don't have picks in two of the next four yep. years. The Goran Dragic deal is, is not it's great not value. Great. It's not great value. Yeah. And they have Hassan locked up. He's a good player. Uh, they got, they don't got have, a bunch of good players. But they don't have assets for the yep. future. And, th- and, that's the, and they, they basically are depending on free agency for a star in an era where that's going to be very difficult to do. Yep. The Dragic trade, they, the, they, were, they got out of the Bosch deal, and that was for, it ended up being fortunate for them just in pure basketball terms. But I don't know. I don't know why you would say you like their future. Like it's not necessarily in a, like things could go right for them if they go out there and get a star. But overall, they don't have the assets to draft a star. They're they won't be bad enough to. They're good. Like they're. I. I think there's. I mean, they're value. a 500 I, team. They I missed think the playoffs, though, in, man. In, and the East. Yeah, I mean, but they weren't like a typical 500 team. This was better than a typical 500 team. And I don't. I'm not sure. There's about a lot that, of man. talk. I'm not sure why. Why does the second half count more than the first half? That's fair. I've I've talked about that a lot with uh, Spolstra's coach of the year candidate. Is he was, and I like Spolstra. He was still I like the coach Spol. for the no, first no, forty-one not games. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of talk around the league. If you listen to, I was listening to uh, Kevin Arnovitz and Zach Lowe's podcast a couple of days ago. Both of them have said there are a lot of people who look at what the Heat did last year. A lot of players, a lot of coaches, a lot of agents who look at what the Heat did last year and say, 
That's an organization I want to be a part of. They look at what the Heat did with Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters is going to get paid. And it's... And he's going to get overpaid. He's definitely going to get overpaid, and I hope... And the Heat are I'm probably the of, ones to do if it. If I'm a fan of a team, I hope like hell that my team's not the and one And the that, Miami that, Heat are probably the ones that are going to do it, right? But you look at... Maybe it's overstated, but the cultural factors, the... If the fact that they they seem to get the best out of a lot of guys, but I didn't need. Well, wait. Here's the thing about that, though. Like, no, I'm talking like, about. Like, I'm not even talking about the play. I'm talking about like, you look at James Johnson, who's someone that I've loved for years, going back to when he was in Toronto and Memphis and Chicago. He he's a player who I've always thought is interesting, and you see all these reports this year that he dropped from like 14 percent body fat to six percent body fat, getting into the Heat's culture. He dropped 25 pounds. And I've liked James Johnson. I've watched James Johnson a lot. I didn't know he had 25 pounds to lose, you know? And so when you look at, like, extraneous factors, and these are small, I would still rather have Markel Fultz than some fuzzy idea of culture. <laughs> but that stuff matters when, when, we're talk- when what we're talking about is pretty much everyone's dealing with the same information. Everyone has the same... Right. If you can get an edge in that way, if you can no, consistently I, I get players to buy edge. in... I'm not going to knock the heat's edge on that, but my thing about that is it's hard to prove it because you can sure. give me anecdotes sure. about what James Johnson did. Fantastic. And and by the way, we don't give the players enough credit. Sure, sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a bunch of guys who every summer get in the shape of their life yeah. for different teams. Every and, and NBA best shape team in your life doesn't Every make that NBA much. every summer we read those stories in the yeah. preseason. Mm-hmm. In the entire NBA, every single team Everyone has loses. a professional strength and conditioning department yeah. with the same information as the Miami Heat. Now the fact that James Johnson at 30 decided that he was going to embrace that and do that, great for him. The Heat worked their guys hard. That's fantastic. But how can you prove to me that the Washington Wizards guys also aren't in fantastic shape or that the yeah. or that the, the, the guys in the Kings don't work their butts off? It's, like, it's, there's I confir- I, there's just, confirmation I, I just, bias, for I sure. just want to know how we measure it. I'll buy into it if, if there's some evidence besides anecdotes. Well, I guess the thing for me is whether it's real or not, if... Oh, people definitely believe it, yeah. If people believe it's real... Sure. Than it is to a, to at least a certain. Sure. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's like, fair. Like, and the Heat deserve respect for the run they yeah. made in the second half. Although it was inefficient from an upper management perspective, sure. and it was very impressive from a lower management perspective as irony, coaches and players. There's irony in Pat Riley coming out and saying we're rebuilding, and then the team goes and wins 13 games in a row. No, no, of course, I and mean, that's and that's how Riley will do it, and that's one way to do it, and it was impressive and all. But the Heat had that respect before that, right? I mean, I know Riley's rep took a hit with the LeBron thing a bit, but yeah. the Heat had the rep of of that beforehand. And there's the other thing about the Heat too is I I I think probability wise, these things even themselves out. Like a lot of guys, the Heat bring in and do these reclamation projects to get them in shape, like an Eddie Curry or a Dexter Pittman. A lot of them lot don't of work out either. Yeah. But we talk about James Johnson because yeah, he there's confirmation out. bias. But there's confirmation bias. I'll yeah. ask you this: the Knicks have. Uh, Frank Nitlakina. You said it right. Uh, number eight overall pick this year. They've got Kristaps Porzingis. They've got they've got assets for the future. I think they have all their first round. Well, picks no, well they they, they didn't have a pick in 2016 from the Mellow deal. Yeah. It's really your only asset. Your only proven super asset is Kristaps. But they've got all their Nicolina's, picks moving forward. They they've got do. All their picks moving forward. So, they do, but they, they so they, they've got assets. They've got sure, a sure. bona fide 22-year-old superstar sure. who's going to make 60% of his market value over the next six years. Sure. The Heat are in better shape. Like, the Heat over the next six years will be better than the You're Knicks, saying right? that because they have the stability of their ownership. Right. They're, they're, not, they're not 
regardless of whether maybe Phil Jackson's not as bad as Phil the Jackson reputation. and Pat Riley as general managers and both Hall of Fame coaches as general managers both function fairly similarly right but one but Pat Riley obviously is one much has better with his marketing and branding and his organization one, is one more has, stable one has 20 years of success in that role and whether you whether you think that that success was sustainable or whether it came by via a bunch of flukes and Shaquille O'Neal demanding a trade at the right time when Miami had the right assets. Which, LeBron the, yeah. J, drafting Dwayne Wade instead of Chris Kamen. Right. And right, right. then Dwayne Wade happening to become friends with LeBron James. Like you look at all these things, and maybe they're not sustainable. But it matters now. That history absolutely goes into your decision, of course. And I'll like, give it to well, Mickey Harrison. Answer the question. You'd rather. I'd rather you- be the team with Kristaps Porzingis, though. But okay. just because I, you know, just like I'd rather be the team with LeBron. If LeBron was playing, if LeBron was look, playing, look, I'd rather be the team with Chris Porzingis. I don't think that's going to be the Knicks in two weeks. You know, that's fine. And then, and then, and then I'll be like, well, that was really. But stupid. the guy, but, but the guy Stapps, who we think is going to trade Chris Porzingis for twenty cents on the dollar, that guy's running the Knicks. I know, I know. And up to right now, the Phil Jackson way, the Pat Riley way, the Gar Foreman way, most GMs operate that way in the moment. They sign the Carmelo deal to make sure that they would be 500 and Chris Stapps mm-hmm. could never get another top three pick sure. next to him. <laughs> That's, look, if he gives up Chris Stapps Porzingis, he, it will be very much so probably the but worst also, move in the history of the NBA. Pat Riley hasn't spent the last six months publicly denouncing his Bill Jackson players. is a public relations disaster. Yeah. That, of course, Pat and Riley comes off as more professional. Pat Riley is in a stable organization. Despite the inefficiencies that we can criticize, nobody compares to the level of public relations disaster and, and, that Bill Jackson is. And perception at some Perception point, is that Pat Riley is a god. Perception at some point calcifies. I, I, I it feel turns, you. It turns into, you know, we can say perception's fuzzy and we can say it's not real. But at some point, it becomes reality. But but between us, though, we know we we, we can break things I, I'm down. Not, I'm with, not sure and put Pat. Riley, I'm not sure Pat Riley is a god. But my opinion doesn't matter. If this summer Blake Griffin thinks Pat Riley's a god, but but what that's about what but what about but see we also we also probably overstate his power of be having him in the room. I mean, Kevin Durant turned him down. LeBron James turned him down right, the second Ke- time. But, he but, fought with Dwayne but, Wade. He, he's Kevin he's Durant, also landed guys in the past. I don't think he's bad. I'm just not sure that he's like the special guy that comes in front of you and throws rings in your right. face. And you, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant turned him down for the best opportunity in NBA history. LeBron turned him down. To go home, but to go play with a young with superstar a and another young superstar, on a, uh, as opposed to two older guys who clearly they weren't going to get it done. But he's got about as good a track record as you can in free agency, and people think that matters. And well, you look at it with a lot more flexibility than the encounters I have on Twitter. So, it's, I mean, it's easy. <laughs> look. To, it's really easy. I gotta stop going at it with the fans. It's really well. It's just it's really easy to look at Twitter and think it's the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's yeah. Not. It, it's it's easy to do that. Not just in sports. It's easy to look at what what happens in political discussions on Twitter and think this is representative of everyone. And it's it's eight people. You know, like it's 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 eight especially loud people. And and the more. You know, the more you you are exposed to it, it's easier to convince yourself. Like, I've convinced myself that Celtics fans are just wholly irrational and just will defend anything Danny Ainge does or doesn't do. And that's not fair. But it's just, 
it's human nature to look at what you see and what and only what you see and think that that's the whole world. A pet peeve of mine is quote: "This team's fans are blank." Right. This because no, you talk to ten of them on Twitter, no, you think the entire no fan base is like that. There's yeah. no such thing as a monolith. You know that all fans are pretty much the same. Like some fans. I agree yeah. with that. I like, with that. there's 100%. nothing about people who were born in Los Angeles County that makes them believe that every young superstar 100%. is eventually going to play for them. It's just the history and what they've experienced as fans. And yeah. I mean, since some fans, like, if, if Heat fans have more pride, it's because the history has taught right. them that to be prideful in their organization, as they should, if that's the case, man. But look, man, we're going we're gonna to wrap this segment up, man. We actually ended up covering more than Philadelphia yeah. because we got into the overall conversation and we touched on the Knicks and Heat a little bit. But, man, I appreciated having you, man. Um, Thanks. You'll it's be back talk. around, right, at some point in time? I'm, I'm in the in I'm the in loop. a different county, but I'm I'm around, yeah. I can make the drive <laughs> Want to go ahead and give guys the Twitter? Uh, yeah, at CTowerCBS. Uh, just uh, give me a follow and I, you know. I, just look for the verified check. Mark. I, don't, I don't blame you if you think I tweet too much, you know, because I probably do.